Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you are looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week I have Jenny with me, and we're going to talk about just having an active, healthy life and doing activities that'll help you. Hey guys, so I have have a friend Jenny with me today. Uh, She's an RN uh, and a very active uh, person. Uh, We do a lot of activities together. We do the rock climbing together. Uh, We're in the gym together. I've been training her. Um, So different activities that you have can definitely have carryover not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. And Jenny, what's your feeling on just doing active activities that just help the body and then help you in other ways as well? It's funny because all of your podcasts kind of go around a lot of central themes. And one of your central themes is community. Doing the different activities, it's the same thing. You kind of get that community and it's a wonderful thing. Because even though you're out there and you're moving, you're moving your body, um, you do get to make different friends. And sometimes, you know, you have different friends that are good for different things. Um, But I've definitely, it's been, it's been wonderful to have the different types of activities that I do. Um, The climbing is great. I also have a horse and I don't get to ride her anywhere near as much as I would like to or, or or as I should but that's a wonderful community as well and anytime that you can do something and and be outside and be healthy um, it's it's good for your body and it's good for your soul well I definitely love the outdoor activities I mean I mentioned often how I go backpacking um, and we'll get into that as far as the refreshing and stuff but just the activities in general so obviously I work out I'm in the gym three four days a week I have my workout patterns and you get people that'll say that they're they don't have time to work out and we can have that discussion about you make time for what's important to you but you can also have that healthy life if you might not particularly go to the gym and again well we can have that argument of how beneficial strength training is but if you play tennis with your friends twice a week and you go golfing and you're walking the 18 once a week and you go for a hike once a week you have an active lifestyle yes it's not as active as dedicating a a workout strictly for that but there will be the benefits you're going to get the cardio element of the tennis and we talked about outdoors let's flip it to racquetball indoors it's still active Um, again like you said the community i did the episode on that recently uh, once you get into these networks, you, you meet people and, and then they might introduce you to another activity. Uh, I was just explaining to someone that through a kayaking community, that's where Brian got his first compound bow. And he had his $20 bow from Dick's that he started in. And the guy I kayaked with said, hey, I have an old compound that my daughter shot. It's been hanging in the basement for 10 years. You can have it. And that's what he started at 10 years old, shooting compound fingers. So the communities will also overlap and you'll mm-hmm. learn new activities here and there. I mean, just at my uncle's ceremony, I was talking to someone about rock climbing and they're like, oh, we never knew he did that because they only knew him from the music world or they only knew him through the art world. And there's so many times where you will find people that overlap in different communities. Um, But just from a a health standpoint, and let's go to more your, your training and being an RN and how beneficial is it for someone to 
maintain an active lifestyle, especially, and I, I hate saying it, and I say it to people all the time, I hate the, you're strong for a girl, you're, you look good for your age, I mean, I hear it all the time, you have neat writing for a boy, I mean, I hate hearing that type of stuff, but as you get older, you do need to work harder to maintain a healthy lifestyle, uh, just physically strong, cardiac strong, so what, what do you see as benefits from that? I mean, again, you, you, do, you do hospice, so do you see that the athlete all their life is, is handling the tail end of their life better than the person that just was a couch potato all their life? Well, the Greek philosopher said that if you live a good life, then you can die a good death. So it, it's, if you are living your life every day, then, then death tends to, tends to be a friend. Um, but as far as from a nursing standpoint, it's so important for, for us to stay healthy. And we're not always good at that, right? Because when we're kids, when we're young kids and teens, you know, we tend to do a lot of sports and, and everything else. Um, and a lot of team sports. Then we go to college and some of us might not be doing the sports that we were doing. And then um, once you're into a career and then throw kids in the mix, now we're really sitting or just chasing our kids or just being their chauffeur. But we sit, we stop. We stop doing things for ourselves and we stop caring for ourselves. And it's not a surprise that that's when we start seeing the health problems start to to come around. That's when we are starting to see the high blood pressure, the high cholesterol. Um, one of the best ways to, you know, and people don't realize that for type two diabetes, they've usually had it for about five years before they're actually diagnosed. So there's five years of damage before there's even a diagnosis. <clears throat> and a lot of that is because we aren't taking care of ourselves and there's a myriad of, of reasons for it but one of the best things that you, know, you can do is live life in moderation so that means you know how about we you know not drink a lot uh, how about we not smoke at all please because that's you know drinking and smoking those are the things that that up your percentages of, of getting anything else so those are the two biggest things but to actually be active, you can stave off diabetes just by being active, by helping your body to to deal with the blood sugar, to deal with the with the glucose that we're taking in, just because of the type of diet that we have. Um, and a lot of times, what I see is as people get older, <clears throat> they tend to be a little more achy and sore. Um, and their joints are hurting, so they don't want to do as much because it hurts. But, but we it, know it, that it's, it's once we get in the gym... It's the snowball effect. If they did it more, it wouldn't hurt. And right. because it hurts, they don't want to do it more. Right. And it's one of those things where if we could just get them in the gym and um, get them stretching, it's like, okay, if we could get you to stretch your hips out, then guess what? They're not going to hurt anymore. But nobody wants to hear that. But well, it really is. It's like you have to... And, being active begets being active. Sitting on the couch begets sitting on the couch. Well, that was something I did at a gym that I worked at. Um, about every eight weeks or so, I would do a band workout. And and again, you're gonna go to the argument, and 
and I'm going to take CrossFit out of it because CrossFit in itself, it's a workout style, but it also has become its own sport. So we'll take that out of the argument, but there's the whole like high intensity training and burpee until you puke, I mean, sweat your ass off type mentality of that's how you have to do it. If you're coming out of the gym and you feel like you got your ass kicked, you wasted your time. It doesn't necessarily need to do that. But I would do this band exercise. So picture your typical workout, like the one we've been doing, two sets of chest with weights, two chest to back, two chest of, but we're gonna do it all with bands and just feel the stretch. We would do that on a Friday. Monday, people would come in and they'd be, I was so sore. Yeah, because one, you concentrated on moving slow. You went full range of motion for the first time because you, you cheat on every rep you do because you're not doing full range of motion. You'd be amazed on what you can do with bands. So again, take that sedentary person they don't need to go and bench 200 pounds. They need to take a rubber band and just stretch it out. And same thing, body weight squats. And to go back, you mentioned how when we're younger, we play sports, we stay active. And I've been joking around with my older son about it, that he's mentioned he's put on a couple pounds. And I told, told him, I said, I've been telling you this from the beginning. It's called the graduation gut. As soon as you graduate high school, you put five pounds on because you're no longer running around with your soccer team. You're no longer running around with your track team. And then once you get that little piece of plastic that allows you to operate a motor vehicle, that itself weighs five pounds. Because when you used to walk two blocks to 7-Eleven to pick something up, now you're hopping in the car. And you don't think about it, but that little walk to your neighbors, that little walk to 7-Eleven, that little walk and down the street, it's, and it adds up. And those little walks help. But now when you hop in the car just to go a block away to the store, and when was the last time you walked to CVS because you needed something? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And now, as far as, like like you said, we do a lot of the physical activities, and I had mentioned this on one of the podcasts a while ago, that I'm thankful for all my activities um, from a physical standpoint. Again, I have the climbing. I get on the bike when I can. I, I run when I can. Um, the archery, and obviously, you know it has a physical aspect. It's a lot of back muscles that use. Um, this weekend, I shot our state field tournament which is it was two laps through the woods so it was a, a two mile hike carrying the bow on top of it um, so that's physical uh, and then I have the activities for with the music which can help me mentally and emotionally but like you mentioned getting outdoors that's one of the biggest things too is um, the emotional benefits from it and I like the fact that I can do a couple of different things um, and the climbing definitely helps you feel powerful and the hiking is just wonderful to be outside fresh air um, all the cardio benefits and, and it just it it's good for you um, the archery it's amazing because that's the one I do a lot of stuff to get the wiggles out right I do a lot of stuff to take care of my body the archery takes care of my brain that's the one that's the mental piece and because it is very zen. It, it's very, you know, the only shot that matters is the shot that's on your bow, and that's the only thing that you can concentrate on, or that you should be concentrating on. Um, and that has been a very good teacher for me. I was actually surprised. I didn't realize that archery was going to be um, that much of a mental game. Yeah, there is definitely something... Uh, I mean, I've been doing it about eight years, but I've been shooting firearms since I was six years old. And, and I enjoy shooting firearms um, for sport at targets. And uh, there is something about shooting the bow, like you said. There's, 
especially when you're shooting outdoors and you just get to watch your arrow fly for 70 meters or whatever your outdoor distance is and hitting the target there is I mean that I mean that feeling of accomplishment when you do that um, so again there is that that overlapping and even going back to the climbing when you have that that five eight or five nine route that you're working on and when you finally get it yes physically you accomplished it but I mean emotionally it's like wow I finally got it and, and it feels good when you're when you see the progress um, so just again we go with those physical benefits and the climbing it's it's a lot of back muscles we're using so we're getting the exercising in and a lot of legs that that drive you up same thing with the archery you're using all the muscles but then to flip over on the psychological thing um, I'm going to use hiking and, and backpacking um, a lot of people go out for a hike because that's their walk that's their cardio activity they they walk around but then there's other people that go out for a hike because they want to get in the woods, they want to get away from everything, shut off their cell phone, and just let their mind and go blank for for an hour or, or think about everything for the hour, whichever way they want to do it. Either way, whether you're going out there for the physical aspect or going out there for that mental and emotional aspect, you're getting both. And so that's the, the carryover. And, and what do you feel about, like, when you ride the horse, is that more a physical thing for you, or is that a, an escape and mental and emotional thing for you? And obviously, you're going to get all of them. Yeah, it's all of them. And, so, and on any given day, are you going for a different reason? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Sometimes I need to go there and just hide, and sometimes I'm going there because I need to be around people. Um, and it, the one thing that I would like, if, if my barn had more trails trail access that would be nice because I get bored rather than open field or a pen yeah I don't want to ride in the ring it's just boring I'm after like you know a dozen laps around I'm like okay let's do something else and I know that there's a lot of other exercises that we can do in the ring but it I would rather be out on the trail but um how far is the how far is the barn from the club um, oh no, I wouldn't be able to. No, that you would can't be ride like the main. Horse from the club to the. No, that would and that would be main roads. That wouldn't uh, work. <laughs> but it's it's not terribly far. But it would be all main roads. Um, but somebody asked me what the best thing was um, that I had done for the kids, and I had and hands down, hands down, we had been part of a, hard, a hiking group, in. That was the best thing that we did for the kids because we would go out and we'd be out for three or four hours and it would be anywhere from 10 to 20 kids and, and however many parents. Kids are amazing. I just, they're awesome. And kids in nature are really amazing to see even, even more. Um, Especially when it's something new to them. Yeah, and it's it's so much fun because you have the kids that um, that want to run ahead. So you have the little speed demons that you know we have to go over trail safety. Like if you get to a fork in the trail, you have to stop. We have to wait. We have to count everybody, make sure that we're all there before we can continue on. But then you have the kids that are looking under every single rock, moving every single log, and finding creatures. Um, you have the kids that are looking up and, and uh, finding birds or, or whatever. Um, you have kids that are just talking and 
it it was amazing and then the moms are like that too it's like a time that we would actually be able to get out and be able to talk and and be able to be moms in a natural setting because we don't often get to do that um usually we're just stuck in bleachers or or sitting on sidelines or whatever this is you know we could actually do stuff too um and that was absolutely absolutely wonderful but in the course of the three or four hours the kids would all rotate through and sometimes this kid would be in the lead or that kid would be under rocks or this one would be you know snuggling a, a worm to death um the worms the poor worms because they went through they would go through all 20 kids um but it's doing that was probably the best thing and and we would all come out and we'd all be tired and and we'd always be like oh we can't wait till next week where are we going and i do miss that covid kind of killed that one we need to restart it i know you're involved with with 4-h which is primarily an outdoor organization and i know you've had a short window and then you throw covid in there have you noticed the decline in participation like I don't know if you know the numbers of 4-H how big was 4-H in the 80s or, or even the 70s you know, compared to I now because like I, I stopped um, at the Memorial Day Parade I was talking to John Larry who's the the scoutmaster now for the Boy Scout troop I was in uh, Bones was my scoutmaster who was a legendary scoutmaster in, in the state and <clears throat> like you said it's our, our one conversation a year we see each other at the parade we talk and I think he said he has like 13 kids in the troop and we had five patrols with eight to ten kids in it back when I was in it in, in late 80s, early 90s. And <clears throat> I remember, I mean, we're probably going back five, six years ago, I went to a local park, Fulton Park, where every, all the neighborhood kids when I would grow up would go sledding. And I went there with my family and there was one other father with his son there. That's it. And mm-hmm. my mother said, why do you think that is? Video games. I mean, do you think a lot of these, even sports have declined, but especially the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, the 4-H, the, those type of organizations, because of the video games, do you think that's declined? I mean, even Little League Baseball's numbers are down. I'm sure Pop Warner's down, but that probably has other things because of concussions and stuff. But even the sports activities have declined in participation. Do you think even those those scouting type of organizations have declined because the kids don't want to be as active or we are going to the point where we're just starting to be a generation gap we're starting to get our generation is starting to become grandparents um and the the early side of our we were born in the 70s so the early side of our generation is just starting to hit grandparent status is it the case of i mean you had that generation in the middle where we're that bridge where we're introducing our kids to not only the technology but not introducing them to the sports or to the activities and, and they have a more sedentary life that there's a couple different things going on I think that part I don't know about <clears throat> 4-H's numbers so I can't I, 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 I just don't know um, but I do know for um, the Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts there's been a lot of political stuff going on, so maybe people don't want to go quite into Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. Um, they started some different things like Quest Clubs that it's like a scouting thing, but is open to boys and girls. A lot of homeschoolers use that. 
um, as a different way to, to get badges and everything. Um, so there's a few different options out there as well instead of just being Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Um, but as far as, you know, video games, I don't think that it's only video games that that's causing a decline. Um, my kids were outside in their yard climbing a tree and I had a neighbor come over to tell me that somebody was going to come and steal my children. And I said, well, they're going to have a really hard time fishing them out of the tree to do that. Um, but it's like they came over and gave me a talking to because my kids were outside in their yard playing and the world, the perception of people is that the world is a dangerous place. Um, there, one of my friends is a dispatcher and somebody actually called 911 because they saw a child playing at a school on the basketball court. He was playing basketball at a school by himself. So they called 911 because they were very concerned for his welfare. He lived next door to the school. The person who called 911 on this kid knew that they lived next door to the school. Like, are you kidding me? Like, we can't even let kids, we can't let them out. I, it, it, it is a thing. It's. Um, I just saw a thing on Instagram that said our parents didn't realize how ro how far we rode our bike back in the 80s. Oh, no, never. And, yeah, yeah. And I was explaining it to my son, who's, I mean, he's 18, and he's been taking decent rides, I mean, 5, 10, 15-mile rides. And I told him, oh, yeah, we used to ride up to the corner store, which was probably about a mile away. He goes, that's not far. I said, I was 10. I, I mean, and, and then all of a sudden it clicks. It's like, yeah, I guess for a 10-year-old to just randomly ride up Cook Street. Cook, and we yeah. didn't necessarily ride on Cook Street, which is a busy main road. We were on the parallel street. But at some point, the store was on the corner of Cook Street. Or, right. Or walking down to 7-Eleven. I mean, I mean, times have changed. At 10, 11 years old, I was walking to 7-Eleven to pick up my mother's cigarettes. I mean, you can't do that anymore <laughs> either. So, yeah, times have changed. But... I mean, go back to that and the dangers. I mean, my father was a cop in, in Waterbury in a city in the 70s, 80s. He said crime was worse then than it is now. The difference now is, now is we have social it. media, so right. we hear So everyone it. hears about it. So now the perception is that it's so much worse. I mean, so... But I feel bad for kids because you got to go get lost. This generation now, they, they're not allowed to be lost ever. And... I, I think that's a shame because kids do need to be able to be on their own and responsible for themselves because that does set them up well for later. And that's one of the reasons why I wish my kids, um, they like the horse, but they don't love the horse. But I love bringing them to the barn because they go and it's a place where they can get lost. Where are my children? I don't know. They're somewhere on property. I can't see them right now, but I... I know that they're in a place and, and they're safe. They're not, nothing's happening to them. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. I wish all kids could, could have that. Yeah, I, I think introducing our kids to out, outdoor activities, first of all, um, but any physical activity, but definitely the outdoors. I mean, my kids do their share of social media and video games and stuff like that but I mean you see they are active Dylan goes climbing Brian both of them shoot archery and Brian did track and 
soccer and goes out for his runs on his own. Dylan's been in the gym. So they're my kids are active. They have a good balance of they know where to stay active and they know where to um, where it's okay to sit down and, and relax. Um, but there are other kids that they don't do an outdoor thing or an act, activity at all. Uh, I know when I, I ref high school soccer and I was talking to one of the coaches at the uh, from one of the prep schools and in the prep school you have to do a sport for two semesters because that is your PE credit and it's they don't have gym class you have to play in a team sport which I think is a great thing I think when I did my communications class um, that was actually my persuasive speech how I think every student should have to play a team sport and go back to physical activity and then go back to community and you might not be an all-star varsity level athlete, so let's set up unified sports. They have unified sports for I mean, people that are physically impaired or something like that. So you don't you don't want to play volleyball because you're you're not good at it, but you're going to help that kid that has one arm learn how to play volleyball. You're going to help the kid in the wheelchair learn how to play and feel like he's part of a group. So at least you're doing something, and it gets that community thing. Um, but the activities is definitely a big one. Um, and the health benefits, the, the mental thing. You mentioned how archery, you're surprised on how much it hits you and on the mental side and just gets you to relax in the accomplishment aspect. Um, I know there's the whole everyone gets a trophy thing. And where do you feel that that aspect of things, like, and you went to 4-H, not everyone got a ribbon for their guinea pig. I mean, only the top three got it. I mean, do you think we've, we've watered that down for kids too where they they get an award for just showing up and then if they go and do the outdoor activities and they find out nope someone's designated a winner and I mean I hate to say it this way but someone's designated the loser do you think that defers them because they're so used to getting something for getting recognized for just being there I, I don't know I think that there's a lot of different thought processes on that where it's like oh you know the kids were on part were part of the team and they should get something some kind of recognition because not everybody's the MVP um, but I also this is one of the reasons that I really do like 4-H is um, they are showing their you know, with the clubs that we're in they're showing their animal um, and they have a couple different things so one of them, it's a showmanship class, so they actually have to interact with the judge, and the judge is going to ask them questions about their animal. So they actually have to handle it and show it um, to the best of their ability and have knowledge about their animal. So that one's more based on the kid. Uh, the other one is just a confirmation class. So this is how well is your animal put together. So the kid is kind of out of it at that point. I mean, other than maybe setting it up on, on the table for the judge. But the kid's really out of it at that point. Um, so even if they don't have a strong animal for confirmation, they can still show the animal very well in showmanship and get, um, get ribbons that way. And one of the nice things that they do is the kids that win um, junior, novice and junior for showmanship they actually can go to premier showmanship. So now instead of just showing whatever species they brought to the fair, now they're going to have to show cows, sheep, goats, pigs, rabbits, guinea pigs, chickens. They have to show all of those things. 
Um, and when you have in dogs, because um, we have dog club too. So if you have a kid who um, works well with canines, um, but has never been around a cow, it's something different. A, a cow does not lead like a dog. You have to set up a cow very differently, even differently than you set up a horse. Um, it, and it's wonderful to, to see the kids have to do that. And it can be a struggle for them because if they're terrified of something that weighs a thousand pounds and they're worried about getting stood on, um, it's, a, it's terrific to actually see the kids bloom under, under that stress. And, and they do. They do. It's, it's think amazing. When I coached the, the rec league for soccer uh, and baseball, um, more so for soccer, I always had an issue with coaching baseball there because I mean, in this country, every dad thinks they know the baseball game, and most of them didn't know it well, so I butted heads. On soccer, usually they stayed out of my way knowing I know more. And uh, I would introduce myself, hey, I'm Coach Jay. I coached high school for 15 years. I don't care about winning. That was my opening statement. I'd get the big deer-in-the-headlight eyes looking at me. I said, hey, we're talking 11 to 13-year-olds. My job is to teach your kids the game so as they're playing in middle school and when they hit high school, they know what they're doing. And occasionally, because this team, this league would have the quote-unquote best players not play in the second quarter because they wanted to give the less experienced kids the opportunity to play and not be dominated. And Usually the quote-unquote best player was not the best player. They were just the fastest and the biggest kid, so they got to score all the goals. So I've had some kids leave my team because mom and dad realized I wasn't going to let their kid run around like he thinks he's Pelé when he can barely stand on two feet. Right. Um, and that, there was one time I was doing a, a local JV game, and between the two teams there were five kids that I either coached or coached against. And at some point from the 7- and 8-year-old up through the U13, I had coached them at some point. At the end of the match, his parents and his grandparents were there. He looked like a deer in the headlights on the, on the field. And I said, it's different than East Mountain. And he said, oh, yeah, it's so much faster than this. And I said, and that's why I didn't care about winning. And they were one of the ones that, because I wouldn't let his kid just run with the ball and made him play different positions and hold his position, they moved him to a different team. Mm -hmm. um, so you get that aspect where you need to learn the game. And this particular... Um, organization would pay for a pizza party at the end and you mentioned the ribbons and stuff and I had a, a father come in they were co-ed leagues and his daughter was on the team he's like coach are we gonna get trophies I looked yep. him square in the eye I said we won one game right I said trophy? Does, <laughs> does your daughter deserve an A on a report card just because she walked through the front door of the school and the look on his face because if parents think about that they all want the trophies whether you're the coach whether you're the organizer of the organization whether you're and yeah, you all want the kids to get the, the trophy, trophy and the yeah. plaque, but do they deserve an A just for walking through the front door of school, or do they have to earn the A? And you'd be upset if it's, if your kid was putting in the work and you got and they got the A, but the kid next door who just showed up got an A as well. It's the character building side of coaching is always um, can sometimes be the hardest part of it because it, it's you can teach a kid the technical thing but trying to do the character building and and even sometimes it's trying to get character building on the parents as well and that's one of the things where where you had to work on parents too you, you know an athlete but, that i'm working with that has excelled in the past year um and not that they needed much 
character building, but the confidence in themselves, yeah. not just in the archery, but just in who they are. And I mean, that's a big thing. It's not just how to pull the string back. It's not just how to kick the ball or hit the ball or throw the ball or sit on the horse. It's there's so much mm -hmm. more to it when it comes to coaching. There, there is. And when I was coaching the uh, equestrian team, that was hard because sometimes horse people can be their own their own breed, but it's um, because it is very much an individual sport. And actually, we were talking about this yesterday. So you took this team. The, and you're trying to turn them into a team. And the way it works on the collegiate level is um, there's different divisions and you pick one rider from each division whose points carry for the end of the day. You don't know what horse your kid is going to be riding when, when you show up in the morning. They have, they have a draw for horses, so you have no idea of what kind of animal they're going to be on. So you just have to try to pick your best overall riders to have it so their um, points can carry now sometimes you might have only one rider in a division and, and it's like okay you know it's going to be you um, but there's a lot of different things that go into it do you tell the rider that they're the point rider because some of them want to know some of them don't want to know some of them are very competitive and and they want they want it they want to be the point rider some of them are, are deer in the headlights what do you mean it's all on me um, did they have a bad week have they been staying up and studying for midterms or, or do they have a paper coming up or did they just break up with with their significant other? Well, Were that, they out drinking? Screws, like, that one screws up athletes all the time. <laughs> oh, always. But, yeah. And then, you know, or, or were they out at the club the night before? Because, you know, there were a few that, you know, they, they were just thrown up in the bushes and they're getting on the bus to come ride um, at five in the morning. So trying to deal with all of with all of that, it's um, it can be tough. It can be tough, and sometimes uh, the personalities can be tough too. The I know everything and, and I'm the best. And I've had a couple of those. Those and, and it's tough. And there would be some some years we you would just look out and you'd be like, oh, these kids are amazing. And then you the year have, you just lucked out yep. at the core of that team. I wish Brian got to see that. Um, and then there's other years where there was one year where I sat there and I said, I have to try to turn them into human beings. Like at the end of the year, if they are human beings when they're done, I'm, I'm going to call it a win. And, and I don't know if I succeeded on that one that year, but it can be, it can be hard. It can be very hard. Yeah, there's, there's definitely more to coaching than just, like I said, hitting the ball, kicking the ball how to ride there there's a lot more to it um, but yeah just to go back and, and start to close up just the importance of just having those physical activities in life now again exercise dedicated exercise dedicated strength training is, is key I mean I, I say it now I mean, I'm a little over two years almost two and a half years removed from having my stent put in and I'm alive because of the training I do and because of the exercise I do. Um, but the other physical activities that I do, I'm, I'm so thankful that what I enjoy doing helps keep me moving. Mm -hmm. I mean, the climbing, the riding, the biking, the hiking. Um, I know on the Instagram post um, mentioning that we were going to do this episode, I have a picture of me kayaking, which I haven't done much over the years because 
I do so much. I can't squeeze it all in all the time, but I like that. And then on the flip side, I mean, archery, like you said, there's that mental and relaxing aspect to it. On the backpacking, yes, it's a physical hike, but I love the getting away and mentally and emotionally resetting, being out in the woods. Um, the music, obviously, is another big thing for me. But I think going back with that generation, um, if you've ever seen the cartoon Wally, -E, um, it's at the end, it's a bunch of I mean, obese individuals floating around on these chairs that they can't move because mm -hmm. we've removed all physical activity. So big suggestion is get your kids involved in something physical. And I'm an athlete, so I'm going to say playing sports is, is a big thing. But whether you do that or whether you go the Boy Scout, Girl Scout, 4-H route, something that gets them moving, something that gets them doing physical activities, and you're going to get nothing but benefits out of it. And, and that's... That's the biggest thing. I mean, my father's had four heart attacks, pacemaker, defibrillator, hip replaced, knee replaced. And I've asked him one time, I said, when are you going to swallow your pride and get that handicap tag for the bad days? He goes, I'm not. That walk across the parking lot is why I'm alive. Those, mm -hmm. Running those dogs, and he's got two German short hair pointers, which are active dogs, getting outside with the dogs. And yes, he does drive around on the ATVs with them, but he's also he has to walk them up to the kennel. He has to walk them in and out of the barns. So that's what keeps him alive and he's got the mental whereabouts to know that I'm not going to take the easy path or my path is going to be very short. Right. So I mean, let's try to be as active as possible. Again, nothing's going to trump having the dedicated workout, strength training workout. But if you're, if you refuse to do that, find a physical activity I and mean, pickleball is exploding. Go find a pickleball I and mean, open gym that you can jump in I and mean, pick up volleyball games at the local park and I know in our case Bristol Connecticut's got the the beach volleyball court where they have games there all the time but do something to keep yourself moving you it you are going to benefit from it and you have anything to close on that no. okay so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week shift mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only while the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.